Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. First thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. It's going to be a drag race. They touch, they touch. Oh, my God. He's going to do it. It's a video game move. Have you ever? No, I've never. Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) You ain't first. You're last. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotor Grinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets for the Quaker State 400 at Atlanta Motor Speedway here on Running Hot. Last weekend's race on the streets of Chicago was absolutely an historic event. After braving a brutal brainstorm Brutal rainstorm, I should say, all weekend. The race finally got underway, starting off in wet conditions. But, of course, it was dry by the end of the race. And Shane Van Gisbergen took advantage of some strategy, a shortened race distance to win over Justin Haley and Chase Elliott in Van Gisbergen's NASCAR Cup Series debut I mean, it's incredible. It's the first time in over 60 years that a driver won on their debut. He did it for Team Trackhouse's Project 91. Stevie, I don't think we can say enough about that accomplishment, but also I thought it was a very good race. What did you think? I think they knocked it out of the park. You know, it's baseball season. They hit a home run. I am still in the, I think it should move to a different city every year phase, but dude, I I can't tell you how... Nervous. I think nervous is the right word. Nervous I was for NASCAR, the sport and everything. And then starting on wet tires, I was like, man, this is going to be awful. It was awesome. The drivers did a phenomenal job. NASCAR making the call to go single file. Amazing call. We're not here to watch 10 cars going to turn one and wreck. So, I mean, it was just all in all. I know a lot of people were upset about the Xfinity decision. I think they made the right call there. And just, I feel like they made all of the right calls all weekend long. And the race was phenomenal. SVG, man, like he came over here and he showed these boys what's up. So, you know, I don't think anyone understands just how hard it is to come into a cup car for the first time ever and go win your race, especially nowadays. Like, 
it's incredible what he did and he didn't do it by luck. He was one of a few drivers to be able to drive through the field by passing and using braking zones. And his way that he was racing was just so much different than everybody else's with the clutch. So congratulations to him. But honestly, congratulations to NASCAR. The Chicago street race was a home run. It was very successful and it was awesome. The ratings and the viewers, they tell us everything and everybody wanted to watch this and Dude, my dad, he fast forwards through races nowadays. He's like, man, I watched mm-hmm. every lap. Um, nice. So it was a good event. Kudos to NASCAR for just being willing to do it. I know you're an IndyCar guy. I like F1. It was really cool to see cup cars on a street course. Yeah, I agree. It was it was great to see cup cars on a street course. It was great to see all the decisions NASCAR made. They, Of course, they had to shorten the race. It was going to be too dark to go much beyond 75 laps. So the right call there. Like you said, the right call to go single file, the right call to start on wets when they did, and then it dried up. And they made, like you said, all the right calls all weekend. And even even the racing we saw, even the calls that they saw, we see it in other series, IndyCar. Sometimes they have to shorten races because of time limits or if they get started really late because of darkness. Same thing with single file restarts in the wet. That's just something that IndyCar sometimes does as well. NASCAR made the right call there. We saw, you know, kind of a traffic jam at one point where the whole track got blocked. We see that in other series as well. So, you know, NASCAR put like a true street course show on and I thought it was great. I loved every moment of Chicago. But that is our Chicago review. Now it's time for our Atlanta preview. And yes, NASCAR is making its return to Atlanta Motor Speedway, making this the first track that the series will be visiting twice so far this year. Earlier this year at Atlanta, Joey Logano bested his former teammate, Team Penske teammate, Brad Keselowski, who is now, of course, co-owner of Rash Fenway Keselowski Racing, to lead a Ford 1-2 finish over Christopher Bell, the Toyota, in third. All told, it was a Ford-dominated race. They led 85% of the laps in the first Atlanta race this year. So, Stevie, my question's to you. One, should we expect more of the same, more of the Ford dominance, or two, Do you think other manufacturers catch up and how will this race maybe be a little different from the first Atlanta race? Well, we know the Fords definitely benefit with the speedway type racing with their new nose. It's been a fact now that we've seen. But I think the one thing that we really got to remember about the first Atlanta race, I was there. It was 40 degrees. 40 degree weather is always going to help the Fords. You know, you've talked about all year when we get into these night conditions or cooler conditions, how the Fords are not going to have as much fall off as they do in the hot conditions. So it's going to be 85 when this race gets going. So it's going to cool down as the race goes, but it's not going to be 40. It's not going to be 50. So I think one thing we need to just keep in the back of our heads is the temperature is definitely going to affect this race a little bit more than it does early in the year, because I mean, it's Georgia. It's Atlanta, man. It's right outside of Atlanta. So the weather is going to be, it's hot Atlanta. Like we talk about it in <laughs> baseball so much right now. So do I think the Fords still have an advantage? I do. I think the nose still helps them, but I think the Chevys and the Toyotas are going to be a lot more competitive than they were in the first race of the year. Yeah, you bring up some great points because even though this is going to be a race that ends at night, that first race was in the day and it was very cold. 
So, of course, the cool air helps the Fords. It's, it's just more dense, so that helps with their downforce. And because they already have that slimmed up nose, their downforce is reduced, but their drag is reduced. So getting that little bit of extra downforce in the cooler temps will always help the Fords. Same thing, though, in night conditions. This, like you said, this race is going to start evening, but then it's going to go into full nighttime conditions. And I still think because we won't have the sun beating down on the track, that's still going to help the Fords. Hot land, like you said, it's also humid Lanta. So again, just more air density to help the Fords there. So I do think the Fords will still be the dominant team, but all those other teams also had a chance to learn from the first race and something else that wasn't in the first race. It's a driver named Chase Elliott, who has dominated this race in the past. He actually dominated this very race last year, ended up winning, putting a little block move on Corey LaJoy there at the end to take home that win and make sure Corey LaJoy didn't steal that one. Do you think Chase Elliott factors into this one, knowing he wasn't in that first one? And do you think there would just be a little bit of a shakeup simply because all the teams are returning and now they've had a race to, to kind of look at things? I remember that Josh Berry was actually really fast in the race here earlier this year. And he was driving through the field, really finally starting to figure it out before he got caught up in a wreck. So yes, I do think Chase Elliott's going to be fast. And as fast as Fords were last or earlier this year, I mean, if you look at like green flag speed, the top five cars were Chevys or Toyotas. So they had speed. They just couldn't bump draft and generate as much drag as the Fords. So yes, I do think that this is a race that like we have to expect Chase Elliott to be good. He's been really good here. He's a really good super speedway racer in general. And I mean, Hendrick won both races here last year. Byron won the first race and Chase Elliott won the second race. And, you know, just because we look at one race where Ford was really good. We can't forget about two other races because not much has changed. A little has changed, but I mean, Atlanta now with the speedway type of racing, in my opinion, you got to benefit the aggressive drivers and the drivers that are good at drafting and blocking blocking. You know, the reason that Logano won the race earlier this year is because Ryan Blaney gave it to him. I mean, he just didn't block him as well as he should have. So or Keselowski. It was Keselowski. It wasn't Blaney. But yeah, Keselowski didn't block Logano. It was, it was interesting because like Keselowski's a really good blocker and he didn't put an aggressive block down. I don't know. Maybe respect. I don't know. But Keselowski should have won that race. But to your question, I do think Chase Elliott is in play this week. I think the books have Chase Elliott overpriced on the betting side of things. It's a super speedway race and no one should be as big a favorite as Chase Elliott is this week. Yeah, that's right. It, you mentioned it is a super speedway race. I always call it the pseudo speedway because it is yeah. a one and a half mile drafting race. So we don't quite get the same speeds. We also don't have the same track width as we have at something like a Talladega. But Handley comes into play here as well. It's really interesting. It is it is a pretty decent blend of a mile and a half plus uh, drafting race. So it's a really interesting style of racing here at Atlanta Motor Speedway. But it is time to dive into some bets as always. We're going to take you for a lap around Atlanta. That's four turns, one pick from each of us per turn before we drive into victory lane. So we're taking the green flag and we're diving right into turn one. This is Ryan Blaney and we're running hops. All right, Stevie, we're taking the green flag. I'm going to bump draft you here in a turn one. Get us started. Hey, we're at a, I like how you called it, but we're at a speedway race. So top tens are my go-to on these types of races. So we're going to start with a top 10 that I really like. Daniel Suarez, top 10 plus 180 over there on BetMGM. Suarez is someone that is very aggressive. We just got done talking about how we like aggressive drivers at this type of racetrack. 
He's someone that ranks inside the top 15 in speed this season. He ranks 12th. He has two top 10 finishes in three races at Atlanta with the new car dating back to last year. So just looking at all the stats, there's no reason that he should be plus 180 for a top 10. So seeing this go anywhere from like plus 120 to plus 150. So getting this at plus 180 at BetMGM seems like nice value. So one of the bets that I'm jumping on early this week is Daniel Suarez top 10 plus 180. Yeah, I think this is really interesting because, and I wrote about this in my article that I wrote up at Action Network this week, previewing this race. The top 10s are super interesting this week because normally at these tracks, we see the top 10 value towards the back half of the field. If we look at this race, exactly this race last year, guys like Harrison Burton, Todd Gill, and Cole Custer, Noah Gregson, Corey LaJoy, were all seven and a half or eight to one or longer for a top 10. Now they're all three to one or shorter. And what that has done is it's opened the top 10 value up towards the top of the odd board. So now guys like Daniel Suarez, I think you're going to talk about another one here in a little bit, are opened up as value. Whereas maybe last year they would have been priced around plus 125, plus 150, something a little less palatable. But now because they've taken away those odds from those longer shot guys, if they don't want to hold like 50, 60%, they got to push these these guys towards the top of the board a little bit longer. And so you're right. I think it's good to target that value toward the top of the board. Daniel Suarez top 10, like that pick. For me, what I think it's done is it's also opened up top five value because those guys at the back have shortened up as well. So I'm going to go for turn one. I'm going to take Eric Almarola top five at five to one at BetMGM. And it's funny, I was going to make this my running hot pick number one. And then I saw our good friend, Greg Mathern track this pick. He got it at plus 550. But so we're on the same wavelength here. Eric Almarola is just really good at these super speedway races. You know, he's just the guy that knows how to get it done here. He led 17 laps in the first Atlanta race this year, had track position for a lot of the race. And, you know, he's a guy that's capable of leading laps and winning at these races. And for him to be five to one, that's just far too long. My model actually has fair odds at this around plus 375 on Eric Almarola. So we're getting really big value here on Eric Almarola's top five finish. Yeah, he was leading the race earlier this year and had a tire go down leading the race. So they were very aggressive with their pit strategy. And honestly, if you think about it, they're probably the last two chances for Amarola to win with the Stuart Haas speed this year is this race in Daytona right before the playoffs starts. So if you're Eric Amarola and you're his crew chief and you're this whole team, like you have this one circled. So I don't mind this. Yeah, for sure. So that is turn one and we're going to continue on into turn two. I'm Denny Hanlon and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, sounds like you got another top 10 pick here for us in turn two. (laughs) Listen, you know, you just got done talking about how we have a little bit of value at the top. This is one of them, man. William Byron, top 10, plus 110. Nick, had I told you on Monday before these lines came out that William Byron is going to have a plus number with a top 10, you would have smacked me and told me I was silly. (laughs) He's finished. I mean, he won this race last year, uh, the first race that we went to Atlanta with the new car. And he finished 30th and 32nd in the other two races. Well, it wasn't because of speed. He got caught up in stuff. If we take out those wrecks, he's really good at super speedways. So he's a guy that ranks first in speed this season. So using Atlanta, I definitely look at like speedway type data. But I also want to know who's been fast this year because this is a hybrid super speedway. It's a 1.5, like you mentioned, 
So knowing that he's been the fastest car this year, he's too good this season. This is nice value. This line is anywhere from minus 120 to minus 140. Jump on this one. Plus 110 for a top 10 for William Byron is insane value. Yeah, I absolutely would have smacked you if you told me he'd be plus money, especially plus 110, not even plus 105, plus 110. That's absolutely crazy. And I am with you on this pick. William Byron, top 10, plus 110. I'm going to be right there with you on this one, Stevie. For my turn to pick, I'm going to go to the bet that I wrote up at Action Network. For some reason, hasn't moved, uh, so I could still give it out on running hot. But that is Chris Buescher, top five finish, plus 325 at Bet MGM. Really like this one. I can't believe it's plus 325. I still can't believe it's plus 325. It's just too much of a crazy value. Go read my article up at actionnetwork.com. I did track it in the Action Network app. So make sure you're following both Stevie and myself in the Action Network app. But if we just look at Chris Busher's finishes, he has in 17 starts with RFK Racing, four top fives. So that's four out of 17, but he has three sixth place finishes. I mean, those are like right on the cusp of top five finishes. If we say that's like, basically a coin flip to get in or out of the top five on those. Let's say it's another one and a half. So he has five and a half top five finishes in 17 starts. It doesn't exactly work like that, but it's, you know, it's kind of statistically similar. That would be about a 33%, 32.5%, you know, top five rate here. And that's much good enough to be better than plus 325 if that was his long-term average. I also did some other statistical stuff with distributions based off all his finishes, yada, yada, yada. The point is my model has plus 305 as fair value on this bet. And I still think that's actually too long that my model is giving out because of how good the forwards were at this first race earlier this year. If they're still much better than the field, then I think it should be even less than plus 305. But bottom line, plus 325 for Chris Buescher, top five finish. I think that's just too long. Yeah. I mean, there was days that we were getting really good value on him being top 10. And he's just, he's such a good speedway racer now that like we're not getting that value anymore, but this is nice. I like this at 325. Buescher is someone that can win this race. Like he has that type of upside. Like if he was in little little bit of better equipment, I think Busher would have a couple wins already this year. If Ford can figure it out, he's one of the most talented guys in the garage. And if you ask a lot of drivers, they'll tell you the same thing. So I like Busher at a top five. Yeah. And the other thing, I totally agree with you on his talent as well and the equipment, but he has only led double digit laps at super speedway races twice in his career. So I really like, instead of having to take him to win, I like that cushion of being able to have a four extra spots in addition to first place as well. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. 
Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. NASCAR betting season is here, so get in on the action with the king of sportsbooks. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. That is turn two. Now we're going to head down Atlanta's back stretch and dive into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is Turn Three here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, what do you got for us in Turn Three? I go with a head-to-head. I don't love head-to-heads on speedways, but this one just jumped off the page to me a little bit when we're just looking at experience. Bubba Wallace over Ty Gibbs. It's minus 115 over there on BetMGM. Wallace is a top five speedway racer in the Cup Series. You can't argue it. He has been phenomenal on these types of tracks. Gibbs finished ninth year earlier this year. Wallace's best finish is 13th. I'm not worried about that. I'm looking mm-hmm. at just pure experience on this type of racetrack. I have Wallace as a heavy favorite in this matchup on my model. And I like the fact that he's aggressive. May he wreck? Sure. But he's going to be someone that tries to run to the front. You know, this is the type of car and the type of track has changed this car where you have to have track position on speedways now. So you have to have aggressive drivers that are running up towards the front. You can't be running 30th with five laps to go and win a race anymore with this car. So really like Bubba Wallace over Ty Gibbs. Going to pay the juice a little bit here and take the experience over the rookie. Yeah, I'm 100% right there with you on this head-to-head. But also on my turn three pick, it's the Bubba Wallace turn. Two picks and turn three on Bubba, two, three. So it's definitely his turn, the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. And so for me, I'm taking him top Toyota at six to one. Six to one. That's crazy for Bubba Wallace at a super speedway. I mean, you just mentioned he's a top five super speedway racer in the whole cup series. Well, there's only six Toyotas. So, I mean, he's he's better than Ty Gibbs at super speedways. He's better than Martin Truex Jr. at super speedways. He's better than Tyler Reddick at super speedways. So that only leaves potentially Denny Hamlin and Christopher Bell's been really good at Atlanta specifically, especially as like the three other Toyotas. So, you know, if there's six Toyotas, fair odds, if all of them were identically equal, would be five to one. 
Well, he's six to one. So they're saying he's worse than the average Toyota. There's no way he's worse than the average Toyota. He should be like plus 300 or something like that uh, to be top Toyota. Uh, this line is absolutely absurd. So go grab Bubba Wallace top Toyota plus 600. That line makes no sense. So just just take it. Don't even think twice. Yeah, <laughs> I would have him. I would have him probably second as far as like speedway guys for. I mean, you're just not putting anybody above Denny when it comes. He's probably no. him, Logano, and Blaney are probably the three best when it comes to this type of racetrack. And Bubba's in the conversation. He's just not as good as Denny at this, and uh, he gets to learn from Denny. And he's really kind of sponged to Denny. It seems like, but yeah, I mean, I love this bet six to one. You you mentioned it. Like if we give everybody an average. It's five to one. Why is he below average when he's he's definitely top three? There's only six of them. <laughs> yeah, it just it doesn't make sense. It, you don't even need advanced statistics or models for this. It's just a it's just one that just stands out. So go grab Bubba Wallace top Toyota six to one. I like him all the way down to you know maybe just a bit over three to one. So that is turn three. We got one more turn left before we go into victory lane. So that is turn four. I'm Noah Gregson, and this is Turn 4 here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, final turn. Lead us in there. Coming into the race, again, like I'm thinking that the Fords are going to be a little bit worse this weekend. So I'm going race-winning manufacturer Chevy at plus 125 on BetMGM. Chevy has won two of the three races here at Atlanta with the new car. The first Atlanta race this season, it was in the 40s, like I mentioned. It really benefited the Fords. It's going to be much hotter this weekend, which should benefit the Chevys. Chevy has six of the top 10 cars in speed this season. Chevy, almost every week when we're looking at early week's odds, are you're paying juice for them to win a race. And the fact that you're not paying juice this week is more speedway racing. But Atlanta definitely, you know, speed matters. And when we're looking at how fast Chase has been here, how fast Chastain has been here, how fast William Byron has been here, how fast they've been this season. It's hard for me not to say Chevy wins this race. Yeah, they have a lot of Chevys on the track as well. And car count at these races really matters. So there's only six Toyotas, as we talked about, for the top Toyota market. That's going to make it hard for Toyota to win. And they're they're pretty short. You know, I've seen them around plus 300, give or take a little bit, which it just feels too short almost for a six car group, especially when Ford dominated earlier this year. And Chevy has been the dominant manufacturer overall this year. So it's one of those where I like the, the Chevy bet here. I also think maybe you could just bet Chevy and Ford both at plus money and just sweat not having six cars and make a profit if either one of them hits size your bet right as well so that um you know you can make maybe a around half a unit if one or the other hits but or just pick one take the chevy as stevie is doing here but i think that car count just hurts the toyotas too much especially i like ty gibbs and all but i don't think he's gonna win so you really gotta reduce it almost to like five and a half cars or something like that as far as the toyotas that are capable of winning so Definitely a Chevy race or a Ford race, in my opinion. doesn't mean Toyota can't win. It's just going to be very hard for them to win. For my turn four pick, I am going to take a Ford, though, and I am going to take Austin Sindrick to top his group. That is a four-car group with him, 
Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, and Chris Busher. So I did talk about Busher earlier. I like him. He's actually second longest in this group as well. If you want to do kind of what we did last week in that uh, McDowell Hamlin group, where that hit, if you you know you took both McDowell and Hamlin, I forget which one of those two won. I think it was McDowell, but he won that group this week. You could take Cindric and Busher, and I really like that. Now Larson. He's just not the best super speedway racer. He's gotten better, but he's still not the best. And Christopher Bell's fine. He's very good. But we did see the Fords had the advantage earlier this year. In that first race at Atlanta, Austin Cindric actually won stage two. He finished third in this exact Atlanta race last year. He's the Daytona 500 winner from last year. So we know he's pretty good at these drafting tracks. He was right in it in that Daytona cutoff race last year, which all hell broke loose in that race. So it doesn't really kind of count. But, you know, the guy knows how to at least survive and finish it up front at some of these. And he's in a really good car. Those Team Penske cars are so good at super speedways. So, you know, if you want to back the Fords in this group, I wouldn't hate that. But I really like backing Austin Sindrick. Again, if, if, Fair odds, if everything were perfectly equal, fair odds would be three to one. You can't tell me Cindric isn't at least around average in this group. So I'm seeing some value here on Austin Cindric at four to one. I mean, definitely benefits from having two teammates that are very good at drafting and bumping. And they do tend to hook up and work together. So the Toyotas, they don't ever seem to group up and work together as well as the Fords and the Chevys. And I mean, numbers obviously matter. But looking at this group overall, I definitely don't love Larson for this group. While I do think that Atlanta is a different type of speedway, Larson's just not that good, and he's admitted it many, many, many times. So I do think this comes down to to a three-type of group bet. So I don't mind Cindric in this one. Yeah, so that is a lap around Atlanta Motor Speedway. So there is only one thing left to do. Stevie, you know what that is. We got to drive into victory lane, buddy. So hit us with the victory lane pick. Felt so good about our victory lane pick last week. And then the rain happened and yeah, man was feeling good. Ross Chastain top five plus 300 over on BetMGM. Nick has talked about how some of these top five odds have really kind of played into our favor. He's finished second in two of the last three Atlanta races. He's very aggressive. And unlike the old car, Track position matters at super speedway racing now. Um, so with track position mattering so much, I want the aggressive guys. And Chastain is one of, if not the most aggressive driver in the field. So I like this because if he doesn't wreck, I think he's in the contention to win the race. If he does wreck, you don't win bets. So taking variance out of it and just looking at speed and aggressiveness This guy has been one of the, if not the best driver when it comes to Atlanta with the new car. So when looking at overall speed, I think Chastain is a top five guy. Getting him at three to one for a top five just seems like a really nice bet here on a speedway. So victory lane is Chastain top five plus 300 on BetMGM. Yeah, this one's super interesting because, you know, you started off with he's finished second in two of the three Atlanta races. They were both the races last year and like... I didn't even remember that until you, you know, you kind of put it in our outline here. And I'm like, really? And you're right. He, he finished second into the last three Atlanta races. It just seems so quiet because, you know, Chase Elliott dominated the second race and William Byron dominated the first Atlanta race. But 
Ross Chastain led a good chunk of laps at both of those races. He led 36, I think it was, at the second race. And at the first race, he led 42. He actually even uh, had a tire issue. I think he went like a lap down or two at one point and came back and finished second. So, you know, that was a, a really good race for Ross Chastain, that first Atlanta race last year, just having a, to come back from that tire issue. So, you know, leading at least 36 laps in both of these races, that's pretty stout for those two races last year. Now, he didn't earlier this year, but you mentioned he's so aggressive. He knows how to run up front. He can find his way toward the front. Ross Chastain, super aggressive at these super speedway races. So uh, I'm with you there. Top five, three to one at that MGM. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Quaker State 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Crayon 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, the one-mile flat track that we're going to be going to there up in the Northeast. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.